0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your spiritual life coach, Cardelia Reed. I um, I tell you, it's been such an interesting time over the last couple of months, and so I'm so happy that you're joining me. I've been watching a lot of the news, and it's just taken, it seems like, a spin for the worst you know I love it when the news shows like really really good things and then I love it when they show like the reality things like the weather because I love to watch the news for the weather but it just seems lately there's so much turmoil and chaos and and death and suicide and killing and you know I know that a lot of people say we're living in the last days I, I truly believe that but you know one of the titles I want to discuss today it's between you and your maker. And this is one of the topics I truly want to address is a suicide that we see that's going on a lot in the media. And there are times when, you know, when we're living our lives and we don't have anything spiritually to fall back on. We don't have that. Um, we don't listen to that inner voice or either we listen to it and we don't like what it's saying and don't do it. And literally one of the tricks of the enemy is to always isolate us. And if the enemy can isolate us, That's when he starts putting really bad thoughts in our mind, and we start believing all the lies that he says. It's always going to be this way. People are always going to betray you. People are always going to hurt you. People are always going to abuse you and and cast you down. There's no hope. You'll never get out of the situation. You might as well die. And we see that a lot on situations in the media um, where people, they seem to be fine two hours before, then they go and retrieve back into their bedroom or their jail cell or whatever, or even their hotel room. And the next thing you know, they're found um, death by suicide the following morning. And so it's a very hard tragedy. And it's very tough for their loved ones. But there just gets to a time in life where you have to deal with things between you and your maker. And the the key to this is to understand that your maker comes before that time where it gets really, really tough. And you have to know that prior to when the time gets kind of tough. Either way, when the times get tough and you don't have anything spiritually to fall back on, you do have to decide, is this situation going to make me or is it going to break me? And are we going to become bitter and resentful if we don't choose to do the ultimate worst thing is suicide, which is very extreme, by the way. But it, it seems to be a very, um, it seems to be something that people choose to be doing a lot <laughs> excuse me, so much in the media or not even just the media, just people you know. Um, you know, we hear about it a lot more and, you know, it seems to be going on a lot more these days and there's so much going on, you know, with social media and, and people thinking that other people's lives are so much better than the others. But you've got to have something spiritually to fall back on even before times get tough. Now I'm gonna look at two really extreme situations today where um times got really tough and it was between the person and their maker. And sometimes it just has to be that way. There are times when your friends, your family, your loved ones, your spouse, your relationship, whoever you're in a relationship with just cannot be there for you. There are times you have to decide that you're going to talk to a higher power, the Holy Spirit, what's inside of you, the greatest comfort that there there is. There are times when you have to let go of having that tangible person there and you've got to trust what the Holy Spirit is telling you and you've got to be able to spend that time alone. When I first started my ministry, and I was um I would have like some women over at my home, and we discuss like you know go through stories of testimonies. Um, someone said to me, they said, you know, Kirti, you're gonna have to just spend time alone, uh, just praying. And at that time, that really scared me. And one of the reasons why is because I had not been doing that before. And but I one thing I knew for sure, I had no idea that that fear was inside of me. I had no idea until I actually started facing it. Once I started praying, I actually saw the spirit of fear come out of me and veer around the room and I just felt something staring at me. It couldn't stay. As long as the Holy Spirit, I was intentional about bringing the Holy Spirit there. It could not stay. You understand what I'm saying? The spirit of fear, anything that is not of God cannot stay in you. And then guess what? It fled. Just as the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So once that spirit fled, I felt more comfortable. And guess who was left? Cardelia and the Holy Spirit. And then I had the Holy Spirit to rely on, which felt a lot more comfortable, which felt a lot more loving. Than the spirit of fear. So whatever that spirit is inside of you, and one thing I can tell you, fear is the backbone of a lot of problems in this world. It's the backbone of control, the backbone of manipulation. It's the backbone of bullying. It's the backbone of, uh, you know, trying to uh, have um, something in life that you feel like you can't get. There's a fear that you're never going to have it. But fear is the backbone of a lot of things. And it keeps us from doing a lot of things in life. So as long as the enemy can place that fear in us, It brings us to a place of paralysis, and this is why we have to be intentional as to shoot those paralysis prayers back into the camp of the enemy and paralyze and bind those spirits in the mighty name of Jesus. So if you will, let's turn to Matthew chapter 26 starting at verse 36. I'm going to read down for a few verses. Then Jesus, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto them, the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said, then he said unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful and even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face Praying, saying, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou wilt. And he coming unto the disciples, and finding them asleep, and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, "O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, Thy will be done." And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then coming he to his disciples and said unto them, "Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand for the Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of sinners." And that is stopping. verse 45 again that was Matthew 26 verses 30 36 through 45 so let's think about what Jesus went through Jesus was at a very 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 suffering time and he had done nothing but right his entire life from he came here right he did not come here through any sin he lived completely righteous and he was going to go out flesh wise all for doing right and then when he came to the Garden of Gethsemane, he came to a place of very sorrowful and heaviness because he knew what was getting ready to happen. He knew his disciples were were, were um, going to give into temptation. He knew that they just could not stand, withstand the fact that their lives were at risk. He knew that they were going to betray him. They were going to deny him. He knew they were going to fall asleep. But he was very, very heavy. He had so much going on. And then he even fell on his face. Sometimes you just have to fall on your face. And he said, take this cup of suffering away from me. He fell on his face praying. It's okay to be so sick for sorrow and to fall on your face praying. You just have to do it. You just have to cry out. It's okay to know all those other things that was going on. Remember, Jesus went back to his disciples three times and fell and found them asleep. And he just want he didn't have to do that. He wanted to show them that the flesh was willing. I'm sorry that the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. He wanted to show them that he knew what was going on. But at the end of the day, he had to tell them and let them go. He had to let them go asleep. He had to let them learn. All of this and the cup of sorrow was right there at him. And he didn't even want to deal with it. And he knew that it was the father's will and he had to deal with it. And that was not something his disciples could help him with. That was not something they could even understand at the time because they didn't want to deal with it. He fell on his face because he was the only one dealing with it between him and his maker. This is the ultimate heaviness and sorrow of any man that has bared, that's been bared on this earth. Now, Where am I going with this? Jesus was humiliated. He was shamed. He was disgraced. He was laughed at. He was talked about. He was uh, pointed out and he was very, very um, picked on, I should say. Um, You know, it's interesting because I I have this book um, in Dr. Olakoya, uh, it's a book about uh, prayer rain and he, one of the things that he says that I love the most he says those who laugh last laugh, laugh best I, I don't believe when Jesus came back he was laughing but at the end of the day it was the best when he came back after the resurrection he's the only higher power out there that has been resurrected and I, I find it absolutely amazing that with, with all this sorrow with all this shame that supposedly religiously leaders placed on him even when he was on the cross dying he said forgive them Lord they know not what they do. He was still loving. This is why he says the ultimate weapon we can have in spiritual warfare is love. And it's so hard to get there, people. You have to get to a point where you are between you and your maker, because your maker is going to be the only one that's going to place that love in you, not you, because you're going to be resentful. You're going to be hurt. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to run away. You're going to want to do a whole lot of things. But God says, no, I want you to stay there and deal with it. Because you're not doing this alone anymore. I am fighting your battle for you now. Because Jesus already died for all of this. This is why he went through that. So we wouldn't have to. So why is it that we choose to do it alone? Why is it that we choose to go into our closets, into our bedrooms, into everything else and say, you know, I give up. Forget it. The flesh is gone. I'm out of here. Take me. Why is it that we do that? Because we feel like there's hope and we be- there's hopelessness and we don't believe the good news. We're so into the bad news and we have to walk by faith and not by sight. It is very, 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 very difficult. This is why it has to be between you and your maker. No one can place that faith in you. You have to be intentional about finding it yourself. Now, once Jesus went through all of this and he died on the cross three days, Three days, he accomplished something no one would ever accomplish ever. He went to hell and got the keys to death. He changed everything, literally, when he came back. Finally, his disciples said, oh, wow, there's proof you're back. We didn't know that was going to happen. Now I'm willing to lay down my life for what I believe because I saw you come back. Now I'm willing to be in paradise with you forever. Now I'm willing to stand up. Now I'm willing to admit that I am with you. There was no more denying with Peter, the disciples laid down their lives. They were there for Jesus. Once he came back and saw the ultimate miracle, sometimes we have to see the ultimate miracle in order to have our faith heightened. Even the disciples did after all the walking they did with Jesus. They still, at the end, had to see him resurrected. We see the ultimate, biggest miracle after all of the suffering and sorrow. Sorrow Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, we're going to go through a little bit of that, but we don't have to be intentional about doing it alone. We have to be very, 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 very sure that we reach to Christ for that help. Now. Let's talk about you in your wilderness because I want you to see that, um, or in your Garden of Gethsemane, you're, you feel like you're at the ultimate end and you're like, this cannot be possible. And trust me, I am there with you because we are in a time where the enemy is trying to wear out God's saints. He's trying to harass us and just wear us out. And I am no exception to that rule. I am no exception to the temptation that the enemy places on me as far as, hey, you know what? Let's just give up. It's not worth it anymore. You're suffering. For doing right, Job suffered for doing right, all for doing right. Jesus suffered for doing right. David suffered for doing right. When David was in the wilderness at the age of the very, very young age that he was in as a teenager, he was in the wilderness and found that it was only between him and his maker. Nobody in their right mind wanted to be with David because their lives were going to be taken, and that's a serious, serious offense. No one wants to give up their life for somebody else. You know, no one wants to do that. I mean, unless we are intentional about our love for people and and what Christ places in us, the average person is not going to do that. So David found himself in the wilderness alone by himself, all for doing right. And that is the time, that's the ultimate test when you learn that between you and your maker he's going to always lead you right he's going to place things in you that you've never felt before and you have to be open to receive he's going to open up your eyes to so many new spiritual things spiritual heightness. he's going to open up your heart to love and he's going to stretch your arms out to him always in every situation now when david came out of that wilderness we see the biggest miracle david became king david highly respected highly respected and thus history is made so we see the biggest miracles after the wilderness and after the Garden of Gethsemane. We see those things there. So why is it that we can't just suffer a little bit more through it only with the Holy Spirit and when I say suffering I'm not talking about just a um, okay this is a miserable kind of a thing when I say suffer with it I say hey accept that this is what Christ has for you and there's so much more on the other side as long as you declare and believe that you know who Christ made you to be you are who God says you are David knew he was King David even before he got into the wilderness he knew he was King David in the wilderness now when he came out the whole world knew he was King David so that's the kind of suffering I'm talking about. That's a good suffering. So I want to make sure you understand I'm not talking about miserable and ne- negativity when it comes to suffering. So I just want you to understand that you have to get to a point where it's only between you and your maker. And it has to be those times in life. And you don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. You don't know what God's going to do at that time. There's a reason why you're in that season. There's a reason why Jesus was the only one that knew. But David, King David didn't know. A lot of us don't know that, you know, I I feel like um, when I'm sitting here and, for example, I'm thinking about Martin Luther King, someone who was absolutely a game changer. And, you know, I know he's a very obvious example, but he didn't know that his name was going to go down in history for what he dealt with. Everything that he dealt with, the brutalized, the abuse, uh, the shame that they placed on him, the disgrace they placed on him, the pointed out, the laughing at, uh, physical harm, I mean, basically, his life was taken because of what he stood up for, what he believed in. And because that happened, and everybody that was there with him doing that as well, because that happened, his name continues to go down in history. And there's so many things changed in the civil rights movement because he stood up and believed for what he wanted to believe in, nonviolence, and still had love for others. And it does not matter. No one is perfect. There's no leader. There's no minister. There's not one person on this earth that is perfect. So if you're going to think that you're going to find someone that's perfect in a situation like that, you're absolutely wrong. Because the person in the mirror is not perfect. Is not. We can only strive to be where Jesus wants us to be. And if we get knocked off the course a little bit, it's okay. The fact that we are intentional about moving back on the course, course, that's all that matters. As long as we believe what God says that we are in our hearts. And that's what Martin Luther King believed. That's all that matters. But you have to be—you have to make yourself aware. When Martin Luther King was in jail, behind the jail cell, when there was only him there, believe you me, it was between him and his maker. When he wrote the letters of Birmingham out of the Birmingham jail, it was between him and his maker. When he was in the hospital bed with the uh, knife in his heart, or whatever it was that was in closer to his heart, excuse me, um, it was between him and his maker. Those are—he still survived that. So you have to understand. When there is an ultimate purpose for you on this earth, you've got to be okay with spending that time between you and your maker and be okay with nobody else. I'm not one soul understanding what that is like. They will understand in the fruits that you bear. How do you know a tree? You know a tree based by on the fruit that they bear. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. So this this person has got to be spending good time when there is good fruit coming out of this tree, right? There's no mixing and matching the good and bad fruit, okay? Good, good, bad, bad is just that situation. Simple. So, at the end of the day, you know a person based by their actions. How they treat you is also a true reflection of how they feel about themselves and they, how they feel about the Maker that is within them, the Holy Spirit. So, I just want you to get to a point in your life where you're comfortable with being to yourself and by yourself. And you don't have to always have people around. Um, I I see this a lot with a lot of different women. And um, there's a constant longing for companionship. Naturally, you want that. But there's a fear there behind I'm going to be by myself for the rest of my life. And that's the enemy. That's the enemy. I want to make sure you understand that's the enemy. That is a lie. God did not design you to be in this life alone. So it's never going to happen unless you are intentional about allowing it to happen. You are the only person that can take that away. And that's why the enemy implies that he can't make it happen. He has no power, but you can give the enemy power by allowing that to happen. So when you spend that time alone between you and your maker, be intentional about the good thoughts versus the bad ones. The bad ones will make you depressed, resentful, envious about the people straight up jealous this is why Cain and Abel was jealous. this is the problem between Cain and Abel this is why Cain killed Abel because he was so jealous and he himself did not was not intentional about that time alone between him and his maker even when he didn't see uh God there he assumed he wasn't there and God was watching him all alone he was not intentional about these things he just thought what he well, he saw things and assumed things that uh, God had more favor for Abel. And thus he killed Abel because of jealousy. And one of the I will tell you one of the things that is a backbone of jealousy, which is one of his cousins, is ignorance. So sometimes we can find ourselves being jealous of people that don't understand anything about that person or their lives or anything that they've gone through. You have not walked into their shoes. You don't understand their situations or anything that they have been through or anything about their intentions in life or their purpose. But we, uh, we intentionally bring jealousy, which is from the devil, into a situation because of our ignorance. And once again, we have to be intentional about spending that time alone with our maker to know that is clearly not the case. Once again, that is believing a lie. So this brings me to an end, and I tell you, I I really would like to record more frequently my podcast, and I I really do want to release it when the Holy Spirit places it on my heart, but I want you to understand that um, I am in this season along with you as well, Um, you know, and I am intentional about bringing the Holy Spirit in. As tough as it is, as difficult as it is, remember, even Jesus said, take this cup of suffering away from me, but true warriors, true, true, true warriors, when we understand that we are on the front line that Jesus is with us fighting the battle for us. And we want God to give us the strength to make it through the battle versus just running away from it. One thing I can tell you, if you if you are designed to be a true warrior, which I know you are, you can run away from a battle, but guarantee you, I don't know where you're going to run, but you're going to run right into another one. And another one, and another one. And it's going to keep on going and going and going. And then you're going to be forced to have that time alone to fall flat on your face, literally. And then you're going to be praying uh, something, but my Prayer for you is that you recognize it, that it is there to make you stronger, to um, to for you to acknowledge who you truly are in Christ, and to understand that God made you to be a warrior. God does not make cowards. He is there with you backing up your voice and everything. If you're feeling fear, it's because the enemies are making you afraid. There is no fear in Christ's love. Remember, between you and your maker, that's the absolute best thing you can ever do for yourself in life, and you will come out like an eagle. Eagles are okay with flying high alone. They are okay with that. When it's time for them to be around other eagles, they will be. But when it's not, they go back to being alone. We're flying high today. We are flying very high. That is my prayer for you, that you will fly high and stay high. Uh, Between you and your maker... That was today. Um, I am looking to hear from you always. uh, Send me an email. Love at Cordelia.com. C-A-R-D-E-L-I-A.com. podcast.cardelia.com. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. Uh, If you love it. Feel free to subscribe and tell others. Um, I just love ministry. At the end of the day, I love ministry. I love speaking. I'm working on some books. And that's taken a little bit longer than what I would prefer, but it's coming. It is for sure coming. So uh, tune in for next time. Remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you and so do I. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.